I'm just kidding. <laughs> He's going to see this video. What? Oh, yeah, it was recorded. Uh, well, he's he's going to watch this video and he's going to hear you in the background. I don't think he's friends with me on Facebook. So actually, this it's in, it's not on. Well, it does get posted on Facebook, but it's not streaming on Facebook. So. <clears throat> Say it again. <laughs> yeah. All right. Chapter four is what we're starting on now. Music makes its mark. Uh, this, this is not chapter four in the Lord's Song book. This is this is chapter four in the Music and the Balance uh, um, book that we're going through on slide presentation. So, um, memory verse there, Colossians three sixteen. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in songs and hymns. I'm sorry, psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and uh, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Um, so music making a mark here, Newsweek magazine uh, reporting the influence of pop artists and pop culture personalities made from the fall or rather made the following st uh, observation from Girls Gone Bad there says tweens adore. Uh, tweens adore them and teens envy them. But are we raising a generation of frosty tots? It's a pun ish. It's not, it's a play on words. The first part being relating to prostitution and tots relating to children. Um, that was actually a quote from Newsweek magazine, February 12th, 2017 or 2007. Uh, and you could find it on pages 40 through 44. Um, so, um, accident call there. Um, so furthermore, same article is music making its mark says 84% of adults say sex plays a bigger role in popular culture than it did 20 or 30 years ago. By the way, I mean, the only reason that we're pointing these things out is to make sure that people understand that that is what they're pushing with this music. And we're, we're going to find that, that the, the world's music, the sound of the world's music over and over and over again, even the world says that it is amplifying and, and pushing this whole sex culture. And Christians like to put their fingers in their ears and say, it doesn't mess with me, it doesn't mess with me, uh, It's uh, it doesn't apply to me, it's not, you know, we put good words to our music, and so therefore it doesn't apply to us, and it's not about that, and we're not, you know, but the fact is, it's the same sound. Um, so, Christian Smith said, uh, professor of, of now, this wasn't a Christian named Smith, but that's his name, Christian Smith, uh, professor of sociology at Notre Dame, um, What's <laughs> just just so you know, it wasn't you know just some Christian named Smith. It's that's his name. So, um, professor of sociology at Notre Dame, uh, he he said uh, you know this having fun and not caring, uh, not carrying on serious relationships uh, says uh, he, he says that and it says but the really insidious consequence is that teenagers often consider themselves immune to these influences. 
In other words, they think that the, the music does not influence them. Uh, they don't have enough perspective on how they are being formed by the world around them. And when they don't realize it, it can be more powerful. We'll go on. Music mends the king. You guys remember this? Yes, King Saul. Three effects uh, of music. Let's read the passage here. It's uh, 1 Samuel 15, verse 3. Then we'll look at verse 13, verse 24, verse 26. And then chapter 16, verse 16, and verse 23. So um, I've got it on my screen, so I don't have to turn there. Makes it easier for me. It says, Now go and smite Amalek and utterly destroy all that have, or all that they have, uh, and spare them not. But slay, am I reading the right verse? Did I get Second Kings or First Kings? I'm sorry, Samuel. Yeah, I'm sorry. Because all I have is verse 3 there. Y'all tell me if I'm reading the right thing. First Samuel 15, 3. I might have put Second Samuel in there by accident. Did you find it? That's correct. Yeah. Now, uh, now go and smite Amalek and utterly destroy all that they have and spare them not, but slay both man and woman, infant and suckling, axe, or axe, ox and sheep, uh, camel and ass. And so this is, uh, this is a, a physical thing that's going to be done. Okay. Um, and Samuel, verse number 13, came to Saul and said unto him, Blessed be thou of the Lord, or rather Saul said unto him, blessed be thou of the Lord. I have performed the commandment of the Lord. Did he? You guys remember reading that at one point? He didn't. No, he didn't. And uh, verse number 24, Saul said unto Samuel, I have sinned. For I have transgressed the commandment of the Lord and thy words, because I feared the people and obeyed their voice. Isn't it interesting? We, we just were talking about... Uh, we're just talking about uh, false repentance yesterday, and I and in church, and I just mentioned Samuel. Just mentioned him. I didn't go into or no, Samuel Saul, uh, and here we are actually touching on the passage that we're dealing with. So, so this is this is all leading up to it, right? Uh, and then verse number twenty six, Samuel said unto Saul, um, "I will not return with thee, for thou hast rejected the word of the Lord and." The Lord hath rejected thee from being king over Israel. Oh boy. So what happens? Remember, uh, Saul then had an evil spirit that would trouble him. And <clears throat> verse number 16 of chapter 16 gives the answer. What do we do because of this evil spirit that was troubling him? Uh, he was physically rent from the kingdom. He was mentally and emotionally there and spiritually had issues going on, okay? Um, and so it, he, he says, well, what are we going to do about this? Well, uh, one of the advisors here says, let our Lord now command thy servants, which are before thee, to seek out a man who is, who is a cunning player on an harp. And it shall come to pass, when the evil spirit from God is upon thee, that he shall play with his hand, and thou shalt be well. Verse number 23 says, and it came to pass, when the evil spirit from God was upon Saul, that David took an harp and played with his hand, 
So Saul was refreshed and was well, and the evil spirit departed from him. Mm -hmm. All from music. Really? Well, does that have anything to do with anything? I mean, does, does, does that tell us anything about music? Well, let's evaluate here. We're going to look at physically. A critical question we're going to look at here. Um, Mm, that was before, yes. So, <clears throat> so we can look at what kind of motions physically music elicits. Okay, I'm going to play an example, and I'm not sure exactly how I'm going to have to stop this. But, um, okay. Well, this I'm going to ask you a question here in just a moment. I won't. I won't have to stop this. One, I don't think. Oh, I'm glad you unmuted three. I didn't think to tell you. <laughs> it's making more sense, maybe. Okay. Could one dance sensuously or sensually to that? Not, it would be kind of difficult, wouldn't it? They look, it would look stupid, right? Um, does this kind of beat incite sensual motions? No, of course not. Um, so this is a live beat. It's a lively beat, and it can move you, but it doesn't move you sensually. It moves you in another way. What's it make you want to do? What? Leave. <laughs> <laughs> March, yes, March. Anybody know what the title of that song is? No. Uh, Philip Jones Ensemble, Stars and Stripes Forever, Semper Fidelius. It's a military theme. Yes, it is a patriotic military theme. Yes, that's why you thought of Gomer Pyle. It causes you to want to march, right? Hold on. I'm just marching. Left. Left. It's a little bit of a fast march. See? Doesn't make you want to march. I don't think there's much that would make you want to march, bro. <laughs> okay. Alright, but the beat is what we're talking about. We're not talking about the feel necessarily it's a patriotic sound it's a it's a it is a it is a lively beat but it's not a sensual beat that's what you're that's what we're noticing here it's not a sensual beat but it's still lively and there's not anything wrong with that beat necessarily okay it causes us to want to move the extremities to a certain extent right um says here, I'm going to read what, he, what he's got there in the book. He says, the line can be, or and this is the, the book that I'm referencing from, um, 
the, the music in the balance book. Um, the line can and should be drawn quite clearly by the answer to the question, what does one's body want to do with the rhythm? Very easy question. To the march, the body will want to march or move the extremities. That is safe. There's no sensual movement under those circumstances. Tapping one's foot cannot possibly be sensual. <laughs> you know, maybe when somebody's even singing a lively song in church and it causes someone to tap their foot, does that mean that it's wrong? No. No. You're feeling it. No, you're feeling it in your body. The beat caused your body to move, but it was your extremities. It wasn't causing. We'll get into that in a minute. Uh, but it, it was just it wasn't. A, it's not a sensual beat. And by the way, there are some quote unquote wannabe church songs that do have the beat that can be danced to in a sensual way. Um, not in churches like ours, usually. Um, sometimes even, uh, some that even use drums that we kind of like, we stray from that, you know, or we say we stay away from that, but some that even use drums that's, that just keep a beat, a tempo, it's still just a foot stomp kind of tempo. It's not a gyration type of tempo. So let's look at another example here of a so-called Christian song and Try to stay still if you can. I'm not going to demonstrate this. It's called the young Messiah for unto us a child is born. Yeah. Is the sound, is, is it where it normally is? Like it's on, it's on the U there. Okay. It just seems like it's quiet for some reason compared to the other songs. What's that? Uh, she was she was singing for you to dance to. The emotions elicit, elicited from this sound are very different from the previous example. The voice is different. Well, of course, there wasn't a voice in the other one. But the sound of the song, if you were to listen to it a little more and maybe louder, it it's a different kind of song. It's something that could be, could be easily, even like, of course, if they didn't hear the words, what was being said in the, the words. Of course, you guys, you guys really didn't pick it up until I said, "Pour unto us a child is born." That's what she was saying. Um, so, when the music causes the entire body to gyrate. It has crossed the line of appropriateness to inappropriate sensual music. Um, if the motions remind you, motions, okay, that the music causes. If it reminds you of a, uh, a, you know, a dance hall, disco club, you know, places that feed the flesh, then the music is wrong. It's just that simple. If that's what it's doing, if it's if it's causing the flesh to want to like the whole body want to move and often in a sensual fashion in a, in a gyration of a sensual fashion. I'm not, I don't, I really don't want to give you any, any examples. I don't want to try to demonstrate in any way. Uh, but when that happens again, if the motions are wrong, so is the music. 
if the motions are wrong, so is the music. We'll get into some other reasons, other some, some of the music's wrong. But what we're talking about today is that music makes its mark. In other words, it causes you to move. It causes you to move physically, mentally, and spiritually. And when it moves you, mostly physically, there's something wrong. Okay? Um, because it says it is after all the music which causes the motions. Um, if our bodies want to behave as those in those places, then the music is wrong, okay? Uh, we don't frequent those places, right? Y'all don't, well, hopefully not. <laughs> Y'all don't frequent places that look like that. Well, you can't even see what it looks like. Hold on here. There you go. What's that? Right. I don't, I don't know if you can still maybe not see what that looks like there. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of quote-unquote churches look like that. Um, now, we don't frequent, you know, rock concerts and things like that. Why would we desire then to create the mood and atmosphere of those places in our homes or worse yet in our churches through the medium of music? Even if we don't create the atmosphere by it looking that way, we may be creating the atmosphere by it sounding that way. What's the difference, right? Such music, as we have discovered, has a distinct purpose. Remember, emblems of the mind, or emblems of mind. Um, <clears throat> this was uh, uh, um, the inner life of music and mathematics. Again, not a Christian book. Um, pop music fulfills a different function from art music and often has different ambitions. Continued, for example, there are aspects of music that depend solely on the purpose to which it is being put. You all catch that? There are aspects of music that depend solely on the purpose to which it is being put. Some of these may be obvious, if music is meant for dancing, the fundamental interest is in the rhythm. Yeah, that, that's it's definitely a part of it, yeah. The wreck your brain, yeah, in a sense, yeah. There's, there's, that's that's part of it, yeah. Uh, dance acts as a sort of lens for a style. It magnifies certain aspects and helps to define others. Um, we're going to deal more with that concept, though, in a, in another chapter. We'll we'll deal more with it. So, in reviewing rhythm, we're going to have a few examples here, um, and I actually have to like go to a. Um, I don't, I hope it doesn't show up up there. I actually need to hold on a second here. Here's what I need to do. That's not what I wanted it to do. There we go. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Crazy. So we've we've discussed here um, a critical question, critical conclusion. Now we're going to give some careful consideration, okay, to the character of rhythm. All right, and so these careful considerations. Um, I can't click the the I can't click the thing like I usually do. So I have to go to a YouTube video uh, to give you this. Um, hold on. And then I'll have to stop it or whatever. But um, we're going to look at some examples here. And uh, let's see. I think I'm going to wait to read that in just a moment. Let's see if this opens. Yes, it just opens over here. Drop it. He works. Yep. Example. He works. Well, I'm a Christian, and you know that's true. But sometimes things are looking blue because I, I lose. All right, that's enough of that. Um. Oh, wait a minute. Why is that wrong? <laughs> That's not a good judgment. You can't just say it just sounds stupid. <laughs> um, okay, so I actually was supposed to click that first um, and then that. But so, okay, what kind of music is this? Hip-hop, rap, okay. Uh, does anybody know who the group is? Don't answer. <laughs> Fresh Prince. <laughs> Michael Jackson. Anybody else want to guess? That's not Michael Jackson. It's, it's good that you don't know what kind of noise he made. No. Do you know who it was? Nope. DC Talk. Their album, New Thang. And the song was He Works, if you didn't catch that. Um, why is there anything wrong with that? And, and the kind of genre you like is okay. Uh-oh. <laughs> well, if you, if, if, you, if you really just pay attention to it, the point is it's, it's rap. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, it takes you to, to a, a gang party is what it does. Right. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. Takes you, it takes you to a gang party somewhere. That's where it takes you, right? Is that, I mean, does anybody get anything else from that, that sound? Um, this other example, uh, I, I'm... I meant to, to bring up first, and, and this is about an anapestic an, uh, beat, okay? Um, talking about how the music affects the body, okay? Um, not, when I'm not talking about a syncopated backbeat, that's another thing that we'll talk about, but an anapestic beat um, asks the question, why would rock music affect the body in a way uh, which is unlike the effect of any other type of music. The answer, according to 
according to Diamond, anybody know anybody named Diamond that was rock guy? Okay. Uh, and others, <clears throat> or maybe the, I think actually it was one of the people that wrote. Anyways, uh, it's the character of the rock beat. Rather than the strong, weak, weak waltz beat pattern, you know, the beat pattern for a waltz, it's strong, weak, weak, rather than that kind of pattern, uh, which reflects the heartbeat, right? It's like a one, two, three, yeah, but it's a it's a strong, weak, weak, strong, weak, weak, strong, weak, weak, like, the, like your heartbeats kind of, you know, similar to a heartbeat. Um, <clears throat> instead of that, uh, it says in the, the rhythms one uh, of one's own body, that's normal heartbeat and the normal rhythm of our body, that's how we are made, right? The strong, weak, weak, the, like a standard waltz beat or a three, four pattern beat or even a four, four pattern beat. But, but the, the point is that the emphasis is on the right beat, right? Um, the way we're wired, as we talked about at the end of the week last week, rock music employs a weak, weak, strong sequence like a da, 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 like that. Like, uh, I'll give you an example here. Um, and it's known in poetry as an anapestic beat okay when it puts my mind on you certainly wasn't but the, that that beat there by the way um is the same beat the actual beat you heard it drop it he works same type of beat pattern you could actually play he works you take the words out, the beat's the same. Why was it that this was so much worse, in your opinion, than the other one? It's the same beat. Yeah, it might be it. Might might be might be why. And the the beat though in the background. Now you had some other sounds and stuff going on, but the beat was the same. It started out calm. You know, it's kind of calm, just piano. And then all of a sudden, we're assaulted. Catching it. I don't know if it'll still play. No, it stopped. Drop it. He works. You got other little sounds with it, but it's still the doom 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 that sound. 
and I'm not trying to beatbox up here, okay? Um, it's the same sound. See? Same sound. She just slowed it down. Same stuff. Same stuff, different, different uh, speed. Um, so now, how about this one again? Yeah, it's a moving beat. It is a moving beat. But there's a difference in the type of movement. The other one, what we all do, we all tried to freeze and stay still. Why? Because we know the type of movement that it's trying to produce in us. But that one, it doesn't bother me to kind of tap my foot a little bit. You know, it's, I'm, I'm, I don't feel like I'm being assaulted with it. I'm being moved by it in a not sensual, not wrong way. When you, by the way, uh, this is something that I challenged last time I taught this about oh, 10 years ago. This is what I challenged the class. I said, and I should have did this. I should have done this at the very beginning of, of, of our course here, but I'll do it now. I'll challenge you to not listen to any music other than the music we sing at church, the, the exact type of music we sing at church. I'm not, I'm talking about no other um, country, rock, rap, no other genre, sacred music only and stuff that we're singing out of the hymnals during this class. When I say during, I mean for the whole duration, from the beginning to the end of the class. And, and here's why. I, I'm, what, I, what I'm saying, though, style. They're not playing the style as it's written. They're adding, they're adding a different rhythm, and they're adding a different... Uh, they're, they're changing the way that it is. But... The reason that I give that challenge is because when you have a diet of that type of music that, that we're playing here, it doesn't really affect you quite as much, or you're, rather you're not as aware of its effects as you are when um, you're, you're not as aware of the effects as you are when you don't have an, a, a regular diet of that kind of music. So, like, when I play something that's quote-unquote soft, my children recognize it. If that woman started singing and was playing on TV, like it was part of the background music of a commercial or, or a show or something, what would you do with the remote at home? Probably mute it. Why? Because you immediately know you've been trained to hear. When you hear the rock music, you mute it. That's, that's what we've taught them. And they, and they know we don't even have to tell them what rock music is. They just know. They're like, oh, that's not good, mute.
little differences. Yeah, uh, if you if you tune yourself, that's the other thing too. Classical music will help you to appreciate how some of the things. By the way, did anybody notice um, anything in that in this last one that I played about the beat? I'll just tell you, there was an occasional backbeat, which is a strong emphasis on count two. Remember, we talked about the counts. That was a uh, that was a march beat, which would have been a four four. Uh, but there was an occasional backbeat. Remember, we talked about tick tock, tick tock, tick tock, not tock tick tock, tick tock, tick. Right? It's tick tock, tick tock. Right, it's a, it's, it's on the emphasis is on. I'm not, I'm, I said it wrong the second time. Not so it's tick tock, tick tock, tick tock. Not tick tock, tick tock, tick tock, tick tock. Right, that tick tock, tick tock, tick tock, tick tock. That's a backbeat. The backbeat is when the emphasis is on two or four. Right, and so those of you that may have a little bit of an understanding of music, you might have caught that, but. If not, just understand it was there. However, is that rock music necessarily? Well, no, it's a march, right? Um, and we already established that. So it's got some points here. It says, why is this music, which employs an occasional, an occasional backbeat, not rock or rap music? And why is this march not offensive with such a rhythmic pattern. It says the answer is obvious. In this music and other examples that you'll hear, the backbeat is occasional and artifully placed for variety and emphasis rather than a continuous, relentless pounding. That's the, that's the main difference. Um, so on occasion, in some classes, he says here that he's played uh, and a third example, and I think we'll play that as well. Um, let's see here. After the above explanation has been given, a crucial understanding stays with you. Okay. Sorry. All right, here's another example here while I read this to myself. So um, you probably may have noticed there was a little, there were some backbeats in that as well. Backbeats not new. Oh, here it goes again. Um, we'll take, we'll go back. A, a backbeat is not new. However, 
Um, whoa, what is all this? Boy, oh boy. Um, it's not new. What is new, though, is the constant use of a rhythmic pattern, which emphasizes those counts, which have traditionally been lesser emphasized in the rhythm of Western music. Uh, this may be a surprise to some, but a march is a perfect example. Every once in a while, there is an emphasis on a backbeat, but it's, again, artfully placed. It's, it's, it is a careful thing, and it's put into place carefully and not constantly. Does that make sense? So as we go through this, you'll, you'll catch and, and understand more of that. But the, uh, the idea is, again, there, there's a whole lot of things here. Um, let's see here. So <clears throat> it says it needs to be explained that the studio synthesized rap beat hard on most uh, or heard on most rap recordings is obviously the same backbeat as rock uh, to make it understood that this is truly a back or a rock beat different from the character of the March beat. He says he's found it instructive and helpful to play the March again, right after the rap sample as we did. Uh, and it says that it's critical to stress the fact that the March beat has an occasional accent on the off beat occasional, right? Um, <clears throat> the March in the March, it is purely for emphasis in the rap piece. It is constant and relentless in rap. The beat is prominent and dancing would be a natural response. Um, on, in the March, it is there for variety and freshness. Dancing to it would be futile. <laughs> in the March, it's salt. In the wrap, it's the whole meal. And I think we're going to get into this later. Um, so I'm going to, I'm, I'm not going to, I was going to go on to talk about a cheeseburger and, and all that. So we'll talk about it later. Yeah. <clears throat> so <laughs> what's that? A whole lot. Yes. Yeah, how much salt you like on your cheeseburger? You want more salt than cheese? How about more salt than beef? How about no salt? Okay. Well, there's a little bit of salt. There's sodium in the beef and in the cheese. Yes. There you go. But salt in music is represented as the beat. Yeah, salt is... Salt is for, no, 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 not in that sense. Salt is for a cheeseburger as the beat is to music. Does that make sense? Okay. Beef is, the, the patty is to cheeseburger. And there's another example that we'll have that uses the same similar reasoning. But the patty is to the cheeseburger as the melody is to music. And the cheese is to the cheeseburger as the harmony is to music. In other words... It can be there or not, but if it's not there, there might not be quite as much flavor as there should be. But if you have more salt than you have beef, something's wrong with your cheeseburger. Mm. Mm -mm. It is. That water's about 75 degrees. 
and I, I drink mine warm. I don't need the I don't need the ice. But the illustration that I gave though with the cheeseburger that <clears throat> when it comes to music, you know, if if you consider it that way and you think about it that way, you have a balanced cheeseburger <laughs> when the salt is just a fact of its being, but not emphasized so much that it's overbearing. Does that make sense? And in music, in balanced music the fact that the beat is there as a part of its being is one thing but when it becomes overbearing now it's now it's not now it's no good right it's like a it's like a, a salt burger instead of cheeseburger right <clears throat> even if you like salt you don't want more salt than you have beef nobody would want that right i don't know why my homiletics reminders popping up here <clears throat> yeah so Jason Wilcox, or no, not Wilcox, Whitlock, um, from uh, NFL on Fox, he says, observations about hip-hop and the rap culture uh, made, so, so, I'm sorry, he didn't say that, this is what they're talking about him, made by the award-winning Kansas City Star columnist, um, Jason Whitlock, he said, African-American football players caught up in the rebellion and buffoonery of hip-hop culture Man, he'd be in trouble saying that today, wouldn't he? Listen to listen to what he said here. Sorry, I'm getting me a cough drop. <clears throat> he says, African-American football players caught up in the rebellion and buffoonery of the hip-hop culture has given NFL owners and coaches a justifiable reason to whiten their rosters. Whoa. He would be in trouble for saying that today, but he said it back then. And mm -mm. I believe it was after 2000. <clears throat> he also said, it, but it wasn't after 2007 because that's when I did this class last and this information is not new. So what? It was before 2007. I don't mean to say this as a as a as a slur or as a as a as a like whatever, but if you ever watch ESPN, black men say things like that, and I don't mean that as a racial statement at all. And they say they're allowed to, and that's that's between them and God. But I'm just quoting him, okay? So I'm not I'm not. This isn't these aren't my words. He goes on to say hip hop is the dominant culture for black youth in general music, especially hip hop music is rebellious for no good reason other than to make money. Rappers and rockers are not trying to fix problems. They create problems for attention. And that's where you can actually find the story. And that'll tell you if anybody wants to look that up real quick. That's where you can find the story, and that will tell you um, when the story was was written when he wrote it. Typing it out. All right. As soon as you get done, let me know. I'll switch to the next page. Make sure you don't forget the seven three four three nine at the end, because that's the actual specific story. Unless they pulled it down because they thought it was in bad taste, but oh yeah, we won't quote those parts. 
Mm-mm. He didn't lose it, he stepped down. Yeah. I mean, he was the founder of the company. Wouldn't that be terrible? You said something stupid after founding a nationwide, or is it an international? Uh, okay, well, must have taken it down. It was there the first time. <clears throat> Some of these things I went back and double-checked again this time around, but I don't think we need to, I mean, if it was published at some point, it was published. So uh, this was in Investor's Business Daily. That's a print, print uh, one. Um, Hampton learned from the audience members when he played a strong beat, they dance. When Hampton wanted to get them dancing, he told his drummers to play a shuffle rhythm with a heavy backbeat and his instrumentalists to play the fastest, wildest solos. Hmm. By the way, all we've been talking about so far is physically. Now we're going to maybe talk about mentally a little bit more. The book, uh, Music and the Mind, <clears throat> says music not only has a positive function in organizing our muscular actions, but also... Uh, less obviously, our thoughts and the words in which we express them. Anybody ever heard about like, uh, uh, anybody ever heard anybody say anything about studies with classical music and things like that? Um, that's not related to what I just asked. <laughs> um, well, you know, they, they say that... Uh, Actually, I'm going to read it here. Um, <clears throat> let's read that first. Plato said, music is to the mind what air is to the body. In 1993, music performance students scored 22 points higher than average on the verbal portion of the SAT and 18 points higher on math. Several other studies uh, have come to similar conclusions. Music affects mind and intellect. In recent years, much research has been done on how music impacts early childhood development and learning. Uh, the following information from a periodical uh, for educators called uh, The Middle Ground there. Uh, put, it, it's, uh, the article was entitled, Put Music in the Key of L. <laughs> you guys know there's not a key of L, right? Uh, for new ways of learning. In other words, you're using music to learn. Uh, by Janet uh, Hanratty. Um, so she said, music plays an important role in the learning process, linking the logical and emotional centers of the brain. Researchers have discovered that when teachers play classical music uh, in their classrooms on a daily basis, student disruptions decline. One reason is that music of the classical era has a steady beat pattern or tempo similar to the human heartbeat at rest. A daily dose of classical music always, or I'm sorry, allows uh, the neurons to process information more quickly and retrieve it more efficiently, prov uh, providing a calm environment for thinking and a needed brain boost. Wow. 
My wife's always playing classical music around our house. Dr. Francis uh, H. Rush, yeah, Rush, Rusher, right? Rusher, something like that, uh, of the Department of Psychology at the University of Wisconsin in Os- at Oshkosh. And I just, it's hard to talk with the big old huge square shaped box in your mouth here. The cough drop, these cough drops are weird. Anyways, um, so this doctor, uh, well known for her research in this field of study. Her work is uh, frequently cited in major articles and media broadcasts. Her findings are fascinating. Uh, Below is a section or forthcoming is a section um, from a piece with the title, A Cognitive Basis for the Facilitation of Spatial Temporal Cognition uh, Through Music Instruction. Big words. Um, gotta be smart, right? (laughs) She writes on page 35, it is possible to determine which areas of the brain are active during various tasks, tasks, including listening to music. One powerful method is to measure increases in the regional distribution of blood flow in parts of the cerebral cortex, because these reflect in the increased metabolic needs of brain cells that are active. Music activity strengthens neural firing patterns. Anybody understand what she just said? (laughs) What'd she say? Of course not. A lot of big words that makes you want to read it again, right? What'd you hear? All right. So that's a that's a fair assumption. Okay. So basically, she's saying you know you can you can tell where blood flow is taking place in the brain. Um, It's it's possible to 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 determine that. Okay, for different activities, including listening to music. Um, And she said that a powerful method um, of measuring increases of blood flow uh, to parts of the the brain or the the outer part of the brain um, says that uh, these are reflected uh, or these reflect rather or show increased uh, metabolic needs of brain cells that are active. In other words, there's increased brain activity. Make sense? Yeah. <clears throat> well, the next five slides we're gonna we're gonna look at just kind of a small sample and maybe even just a little humorous um, here and there. 
a, a small sample of the enormous amount of data uh, which exists documenting music's influence in uh, unexpected realms of creation, okay? So this fellow here, he says, music is something terribly special. It doesn't have to pass through the brain before it can reach the heart. An F sharp doesn't have to be considered in the mind. It is a direct hit and therefore all the more powerful. F sharp. Yep. Play us an F sharp. Here, I'll play an F sharp. F sharp. That's an F sharp. F sharp four. Somebody's going to watch this and correct me, but I think that's an F sharp four. Here's F sharp one. That's an F sharp, right? F, C, D, E, F sharp. <laughs> that is a, let's see, C, uh, B, A, that's an A, A, B, A, B, A, B. <laughs> it's a shark. Yeah, it's, a, it's not a note, it's a shark. You know that. All right. We're just goofing off now. We got to get through this. Um, the Mozart effect here. Um, Wow. <laughs> Man. <clears throat> um, this guy, he sparked a great deal of interest in his field. He's a pretty important guy. Did you catch his name? Down at the bottom? Yeah, Don Campbell. Um, <laughs> yeah, the Mozart effect, tapping the power of music to heal the body, uh, strengthen the mind, and unlock the creative spirit. Um, wrote a whole book about it. What's that? That's what that's what Donald used to look like. He grew a little hair in the middle, and it went gray. Um, so, uh, newly 2006 established Institute for Music and the Mind. Um, yep, she's reading. Reading their brain for the young, music in the mind, and the older. Um, the reading brain waves based on what music they're playing and seeing what it's doing to them. It says, uh, you're not just learning to play notes. You're learning how to work with others, be a team player, and a problem solver. That's why we encourage our children to learn. What's that? That machine's probably pretty expensive to, to do it, yeah. Have you guys make one of the mission. That'll work. That'll work. <laughs> we don't want to fry Brother Rob's brain. <laughs> Music's influence does not stop with humans. Listen to this. Offbeat news. <laughs> That's funny. Offbeat news. Dairy cows delight in classical music. Um. In Hepzibah, Georgia, the AP says uh, Daniel McEl McElmery uh, has milked his family's dairy farm for all it's worth. Pun intended. Um, 
So after hearing his dad, Earl, complain about weak milk production from their 300 cows, the 10-year-old student at Goshen Elementary in Augusta helped solve the problem with a prize-winning science fair project. He tested the effects of classical, country, and rock music on the cows. Daniel said he and his dad uh, liked to listen to music while they milk the cows without giving the cows much uh, say in the selection. <laughs> Turns out rock is their least favorite. After listening to Leonard Skinner, uh, Shania Twain, and a selection of classical music, the cows proved they prefer classical to country and rock, producing 1,000 pounds more milk. <laughs> He's a country boy. He doesn't smile. Um, he won first place in the regional science fair for the project. Uh, he tested the effects. These are just quoting it here um, of classical. Um, yeah, just, just like I just read there, right? They just put it in bigger uh, words so you can see it. 1,000 pounds more milk, man. What's that? I don't know if it was Bach or Handel or Beethoven or what. Yeah, the chickens probably do like Bach, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, my chickens, that's my chickens' favorite music, Bach. <laughs> now, we, now we're going to have to get it and play it for them and see how many more eggs they produce. That might not be good. My wife's going to start playing rock music in the, in the hen house so that they don't produce as many eggs. <laughs> we don't want squirrels, skunks, or rac or if you don't want squirrels, skunks, or raccoons uh, under your deck or in your attic, <laughs> Newsweek magazine says, make their moms want to relocate by blasting rock and roll and keep the lights on. <laughs> Field director of urban wildlife for the Humane Society of the, of the United States. That's an actual real quote. That's really actually what she said to do to get rid of them. I don't know. You've got to look it up. Newsweek, April 9th, April 9th 2007, page 88. Heavy metal makes killer mice. <clears throat> David Merrill, a 16-year-old Suffolk, uh, uh, yeah, Virginia high school student. If I could speak, I would. Uh, he uh, he said I had I had to cut my project short because all the hard rock mice killed each other. None of the classical mice did that at all. To detour. Really? Did it work? Yeah. Really? You you get rid of transients by playing Barry Manilow, huh? What's that? You can see that. <laughs> All right. Uh, Deuteronomy chapter thirty-one, verses nineteen through twenty-two. We're going to take a look here. Um, 
Now, therefore, write ye this song for you, and teach it the children of Israel. I'm, I'm just reading it off of yeah. Teach it the children of Israel. Put it in their mouths, that this song may be a witness for me against the children of Israel. For when I shall have brought them into the, into the land which I swear unto their fathers, that floweth with milk and honey, and uh, they shall have eaten and filled themselves and waxen fat, then will they turn unto other gods and serve them and provoke me and break my covenant. And it shall come to pass, when many evils and troubles are befallen them, that this song shall testify against them as a witness. For it shall be, or for it shall not be forgotten out of the mouths of their seed. For I know their imagination, which they go about even now, before I have brought them into the land which I swear. Moses therefore wrote this song the same day and taught it the children of Israel. In other words, he said, Write them a song so they'll remember me. So, the song will affect, as we find in the passage that we just read, it's going to affect their thinking, their actions, their words, their convictions, their commitment, their character. It's going to challenge them spiritually, right? As he said, so it will not be forgotten out of the mouths of their seed, and it will prick their conscience sure they do yeah mentally man we still have a good ways to go man these classes are just they they just they just go and go it's a good thing it's not on a wednesday night people would be crying and screaming and everything wouldn't they <laughs> we did it on sunday night at another church years ago one lesson one time took three hours i don't think it was this one maybe it's one to come i'm just kidding um so the right kind of music can do those things. It can cause us to consider our relationship with the Lord. The wrong kind of music just points us back into the world. And even worse, allows us to feel quite comfortable there. Single note demonstration. Okay. Um, I need somebody at the piano. Notes are capable of communicating concepts, but they are powerful tools to con convey emotion. If you have access to a piano, as we do, we're going to uh, very effectively demonstrate that fact to our class. What's that? We, oh, it could be effective. It depends on our piano uh, player here. So let's see here. Actually, you're part of the class. I got to do it. Sorry. Um, Okay, close your eyes, everybody. Got to read the instructions here. Sorry. Don't fall asleep. Okay. Uh, all right. You're going to tell me what this makes you, the, the, what, what the feel is here. 
compared to this. Okay, you said grumpy, mad. Got anything? Jumpy. Oh, all right. Let's try it again. Ready? Hurts the ears. Angry. Soft, peaceful. Okay. All right. So I communicated something with just one note. Anybody know what note it was? You don't have to be super specific. No, it was a C. Yeah. Um, well, there's why. Yeah. Let's see here. Okay. How about? How about this? Close your eyes. <laughs> I'll play a different note. Maybe it'll change the feeling. Let's try it again. Same thing. What's it? How about now? Let's do that one again. As opposed to. Sorry. That one right. Here's, here it goes. As opposed to. Or the. <laughs> I should have did F sharp, then it would have been sharp, right? It was an F. It was a high F. Um, grab your attention. Um, so, you know, we catch, we're catching now some emotional stuff here, right? Um, <clears throat> there's some notes. Now, notice, though, that there was no melody. There's no melody. It was one note. There was no harmony. There was no rhythm. You had to have more than one note to have rhythm. It was one note in different demonstrations, right? Um, there's no tempo. No vocal inflection. No facial expression. No instrumental mix. And no electronic input. Right. Well, if I did it on a keyboard, it would be, but we don't have a keyboard. <clears throat> right. It would be the same thing. So here is a single pebble in the avalanche of sound is quite is is adequate uh, is <laughs> is adequate is adequate to stir a full range of emotion. What's that? A. <laughs> That's the first word. A a single. Oh, adequate. Yeah, <laughs> I said adequate. <laughs> I, I swapped the D and the Q sound. All right, adequate. Um, so there, there's great power in music. Okay. Uh, and that's that's really what we're we're dealing with. We're still dealing with mentally, although we talked about some emotion there, and we'll talk about spiritually as well. But um, <clears throat> all music expresses emotion and invokes or evokes emotion uh by the way mental and emotion those are similar they they kind of go together it's all part of your brain uh and uh, emotion sometimes is we, we try to say emotion is kind of part of our heart too but it's not actually part of the our physical 
heart that beats there. We just feel it. For, I don't know. You guys notice that you feel emotion in your chest? What emotion do you feel in your head? Anger. Yeah. Sadness you feel somewhere else. Where do you feel, where do you feel sadness? Here sometimes and sometimes where else? Your stomach. Your stomach. Yeah. Where do you feel? Isn't that funny? Well, it's not really funny, but where do you feel funny? <laughs> in your elbow. Yeah. In your funny bone, right? No, you, you feel funny. <laughs> um, I don't know. Just, I don't know. It's like somewhere deep inside, right? What's that? Yeah. Laughter is good for everywhere. Right. But anyway, so that has nothing to do with what we're talking about, but we, we just, we just talk about how we feel. Right. Uh, but music, all music expresses emotion and evokes emotion within us. Um, when music is shared, the listeners are invited to empathize with the composer's experience and their emotions and add their own. By the way, we often do that, don't we? We say to one another, sometimes we say, you got to hear this song. Why do we say that? Yeah, we want them to experience emotionally what we experienced. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Yeah. And then some people are like, well, they're, or they're not spiritually in tune with what the point is, you know? So on page 26 of uh, the book, um, The Language of Music, the writer says, A word awakens both an emotional response and a comprehension uh, of its meaning, whereas a note, having no meaning, awakens only an emotional response. Dr. David Halpern gives his opinion uh, in words with much or with which uh, most can identify. Uh, so note the urgency here in his words. He says, rock stars are juggling fissionable material that could blow up at any time. Talking about the emotional impact of music. It's like playing with explosives. Fissionable material is what? what kind of material is that, son? Well, when you talk about like fission, it's like nuclear stuff, like big booms, right? Uh, Some Christians try to defend CCM by saying, and remember CCM stands for Contemporary Christian Music, which does not necessarily mean all music that is contemporary. It's a particular style of contemporary music that's called Christian. Uh, They say, I just listen to the words. The music doesn't affect me. Others excuse their listening to secular to secular rock by claiming, I just listen to the music. I don't listen to the bad lyrics. It is obviously, or it is obvious rather, that it can't work both ways. The answer is it comes as a package. Filtering is not possible. If either is wrong, the package is wrong. Yeah. <clears throat> By the way, Billions of dollars are spent annually on music and advertising. 
it's that important. It's a pretty big deal. Yeah. So Mr. Schaefer again uh, on rock music, he says, what is undeniable about rock is its hypnotic power. It has gripped millions of young people around the world and has transformed their lives. Uh, Alan Bloom in the book, The Closing of the American Mind said, nothing is more singular about this generation than its addiction to music. So we go back to, we talked about physically. Talked about mentally? Yes, addiction to music. Absolutely. Uh, it's already being used. Here's a whole other aspect that we may touch on. I can't remember if we touch on it or not. I've, I've reviewed, but I haven't, I've, I haven't nailed down. But the contemporary Christian music movement is all about unifying all things that call themselves religion that's the point it is the tool that is being used to make it happen so we talked about physical we talked about mental and we're going to talk about spirituality here <clears throat> so um remember the evil spirit departed from him remember that talking about uh first samuel the sounds produced by David as he played on his instrument with his hand caused a spiritual influence in the life of Saul. Please notice that it is, the, it is this instance there, or rather, that in this instance, there is no mention of any singing. The influence of music as recorded in this passage is due only to the music itself, not lyrics, just the sound. Interesting. Okay, this here is a harp. Inside that box there, there's a harp. The difference is, instead of plucking the string, we're banging on it with a hammer. There's a, a felt tip hammer. Well, there's like a bunch of felt tip hammers in there. And this is a harp. Let me let me let me demonstrate. beautiful sound that's a chord that's a C chord right how about this that's an example of bad now I can't really give you an example of uh, that is a type of chord are you sure that is How about this one? No, it's not. It clashes with itself. It can't be. No way. It's wrong. There you go. You can play something bad on a harp, can't you? <laughs> we tell the kids not to do that. 
Pastor, stop beating on the piano. What did it ever do to you? <clears throat> Donald Trump's brother. What? In college? No, they were. Oh. <laughs> okay, down to six years. Okay. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, harps are beautiful. And they're even beautiful when you're banging on them. I mean, except for when you're banging on the keys. But, like, you know what I mean? When you're banging on the right notes there. Because that's what the piano is. It's a big harp, the soundboard, and hammers that bang on the things. No, he played good to, to make the the evil spirit go away. So he played skillfully and he played beautifully and he played the right kind of stuff. He played spiritually that pushed away the evil spirit. Uh, the narrative tells us, this is a, a book here on the perspective, or a book rather, mentioning the perspective here, uh, God's new song. It says, the narrative tells us that when David played, the evil spirit fled from the king. I almost said the evil kings fled from the spirit. The evil spirit fled from the king indicating that God was able to break through and continue to work in Saul's life. Isn't that interesting? You know what's, what else is interesting? And I'm, I'm going to try to be discreet, but we had a fellow from uh, around the area who had a demon possession. He had demons in him. Called me, told me all about it. Yep. And, uh, he was telling me all the stuff that they were saying in his head and all that stuff. He said, he comes to church, and when we sing, they leave. I said, keep coming. He didn't listen, but they leave. I don't know. But anyways, there's an example. When we're singing, and it's not just the words of the music. And by the way, what they would do to him oftentimes... He, they would sing profanity to him in a, in a rock tone at him. Like, and he, he would like demonstrate to me what they're saying and what they're doing and telling me over the phone. I'm like, whoa. I'm like, you know, take the phone away from me for a minute and say, wow, that's, that's pretty bad, man. He said he came to church and he expected them to be singing along and making fun and all that. And he said, no, no, not at all. They were, they, they didn't, they he, he said he didn't know if they came in with him or not, but they were quiet. So they left him alone. So <clears throat> there's nothing special about the building. I mean, there is, but there's not. Well, the Lord's everywhere. <laughs> remember that. Remember the demon was in the synagogue. Remember that the devil possessed man was in the synagogue with Jesus, with all the other people. And Jesus is right there. And Jesus is talking and he, and he speaks up and says, what, you know, what art thou, you know, what are you doing here? In other words, he says, are you here to torment us before the time? And he says, come out of him. And the demon threw the guy in the middle of the crowd and ripped him and, and left. It says it rent him. Yeah, ripped him. It was just, you know, and left. Um. Yeah, ripped him. Yeah, it said rent him. Rent means rip. Doesn't mean he was like, you know, renting him out to somebody. He he rent him, tore him. In other words, it, it, he he tore out of him. 
I don't think like it tore a hole in him physically, but what's that? Not quite, no. <laughs> no. So uh, it also indicates, it goes on, that there is a certain type of music around which devils feel very uncomfortable, or which, which uh, rather, yeah, let me just read this the right way. It also indicates that there is a certain type of music around which demons feel very uncomfortable. Check the other side of the coin. There is a type of music under which evil spirits find it quite easy to progress with their work and influence. By the way, that's why it's good to play good, proper, spiritual, holy, non, like, you know, worldly music in your home or in your car or whatever. Okay, um, so at the core of the discussion, uh, or rather at the core of this discussion, is the thesis of this book, The Face of Music here, or rather Face of the Music, sorry. Uh, ignorance leads to satisfaction with anything. Um, and so we're going to look at an example here. Okay, we're going to look at an example of good music that is good to a point, and then it turns bad, okay? However, the, the words and the speech remain good. The, the, the singing remains good, but the sound of the music turns Okay. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. I have decided, I'm going to live like I believe them, and I am going to deceive them, going to live what I believe. I have decided, Right. And that's what the difference is. That's the main difference there. By the way, we're not saying that every every beat. Remember, we, we you know, if somebody were to come in and and just listen to that and, and listen to what we just said, we're not saying that every beat is wrong. We're saying, again, in good taste. When it becomes a salt burger, it's wrong. Because then it is a burger that is assaulting you instead of a burger that you're eating, right? When it becomes more salt than burger, it's not good. 
but you need the salt there for the flavor. It was in spite. It was in spite of it. If it really happened, it was in spite of it. Not saying that it didn't. Yep. Yep. I'm not saying that it didn't, that they didn't get saved. But what I'm saying is, if they did, it was not because of the rock music. Maybe. Or they may have dropped to their knees because of an overwhelming emotion. And there may not have been any real true conviction. It may have just been an emotional decision. I'm not saying that that's always the case. But the purpose of that music is to stir the emotions to the point of uncontrollability. That's the point. In fact, that's, by the way, that's why it is a common charismatic style of music and not just saying that the music is charismatic in itself, but it's commonly used by those of charismatic denominations. And the reason for that is because they're trying to stir emotions so much that it will produce the type of spirit that causes the type of things that happen in their, in their meetings. If you ever watch an example of it, I've, I've watched a few examples and, and you, it's, it is an eerie, strange feeling. And it's not the Spirit of God you're feeling. And I'm not trying to say that, you know, that God doesn't move people. God does move us, certainly. And, and He moves our hearts in music all the time. So I often will be singing songs, and I'll, I'll break out preaching. Or I'll break out crying sometimes. You break down crying or break out preaching. Right? Why? Because God's moving me. But he's not moving me because of the rock beat. He's moving me because there's a solid melody with a great message that's touching the soul. Spiritually affecting me. Okay. Um, remember the memory verse, right? Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to, uh, to the Lord. Lacking long exposure to such music, um, many remain unaware of the limitations of the music they listen to and have, haven't a clue about what music can be. Oops, pressed the wrong button there. Their unskilled ears make so little sense of complex music that they can only conclude that their own music must be superior. Again, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. The word of Christ. Teaching and admonishing one another. Think about that. He's telling us not just to not just to rock it out, he, or he's not, he's, he's not, rather, he's not telling us to rock it out with songs and hymns and spiritual songs, psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. He's telling us to teach and admonish one another in songs and hymns and spiritual songs. I keep saying that wrong. It's not songs and hymns, it's psalms and hymns. I keep saying that wrong. Psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. 
but what are we doing as we're singing, we're teaching and admonishing? Our songs should be teaching and admonishing others. The question is, what does your music teach and admonish you? Not, not just the words, but the feeling behind the words, the music itself. What does it teach and admonish you? What does it encourage you to do? Next week, we're going to look at order in music, offering harmony in life. Um, and then that'll be the last session of this slideshow. And then we go to the other slideshow and do the other half. We'll be about halfway-ish through. That's wonderful, isn't it? Everybody feel all right? 68 degrees in here. It's beautiful. What's that? Sleepy? Oh, we'll keep it down then. <laughs> <clears throat> Yeah. Any questions or thoughts? This is our last slide here for tonight. This is that's for next week. Yeah, that would. What's up? Oh, you're just. I wouldn't scratch it that way. All right. Any any thoughts? Questions? What you got there? Okay. Okay. Go ahead. Yeah.